we're honored to have you back with us today. Yes. If you were here last week and you're back, God bless you. God bless you. You yeah. have either something said ministered to you or you decided you felt sorry for me and you give me another chance. Either way, I'm glad you're back. Yeah. Glad you're here with us today. And today we continue on in our series, Marriage Matters. Uh, we'll be dealing with uh, talking some more about communication and the differences between men and women. How many know there are differences? Yeah. We are different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to get to know a person with just the exchange of a lot of words. Uh, that's not total communication, but it's how we share. It, it's, it's how we express our needs. It's how we resolve conflict. And so today, we're going to just give you an overview. We're going to talk about the two major areas of communication, and then we're also going to hit four standards that we need to be having in our life as we communicate with one another, okay? And th this, this week will be a little bit shorter than last week, about two minutes. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I want to talk about this morning, and this is our first point, and all these will be up on the screen, but point number one, one of our main talking points this morning is this, is that we don't understand the power of our words, a lot of people don't understand the power of our words. Proverbs 18, verses, 9, uh, verses 20 and 21 says this. It says, From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This morning as we talked, you know your words contain nuclear power. Your words contain nuclear power. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything that has come into being has come into being by the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, God spoke. God said, let there be light, and we believe that there was light, right? right. Now, do you understand, do you recognize that we are created in the image of God? Yes. And as that creation, we have the ability to create and destroy through our words. Right. We have the ability to create and destroy through our words. We live, how many know we live in a society that is full of, of sarcasm and crudeness. Right. I'll try this side. Yeah, yeah. We live in, how many of you were on Facebook or social media during the election season? Yeah. Yeah. I'm stepping on toes now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> we, we live in a society that is so full of sarcasm and crudeness. Right. Last night, KD made his triumphant return back to Chesapeake Arena against our beloved Oklahoma City Thunder. How did they receive him? They received him with booze. And you know what? If I'd have been there, I'd have booed him too. But you know why? Because he took his restaurant. And in that restaurant was some of the best meatloaf I'd ever had. He's a man. He's got every right, every opportunity to make decisions where he wants to go, where he wants to play. If he wants to be a ring chaser and, and, and abandon us in the heat of the moment, he can do that. God bless his little pathetic heart. <laughs> right? But how dare him take his mama's meatloaf with him? It's just not the same. I would have booed him too. So I'm preaching to myself this morning. Many people believe that we can speak words, and those words really don't matter, and those words really don't do anything. But understand this, that every good marriage is made from good words. Amen. Every good marriage, I've never seen the exception. Never, never, never. Sing it, Taylor Swift. Never, ever, ever. 
I've never seen an exception here. In bad marriages or struggling marriages, there are either no words of communication or there are negative words that are spoken. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. How many know our words have consequences? I learned that at a very young age when I decided to smart mouth my dad one time. I was four months old. I was talking, had a full vocabulary. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I was five months. Um, But I understood real quickly when you talk back to dad, your words had consequences. And you could see the light. And if you're going to have a good marriage, guess what? Your words have consequences. The Bible says those who love their words will eat the fruit of it. Now up here, many of you might have seen that as you come in, you're like, what are we doing playing with toys in the church? We have a bunch of blocks, a bunch of blocks, and we've made a brick wall, and, and we just had all kinds of fun up here this week. But in these bricks, you've got two options. You've got bricks that you can... Have and, and, and this brick represents your negative words that you speak because when we speak to our spouse, there, there's really no neutral communication. Right. You're either adding bricks to the wall or you're tearing bricks down. Right. You're either adding bricks to the wall by speaking those negative words, by speaking right. those words that, right. that, that put each other down, that are, that are filled with, with, with crudeness or, or filled with bitterness or, or filled with a, a rudeness. And, and so you're, you're, you, you know, you're not good enough. I don't know why you can't do it. Why, why can't you just behave? Why can't you do this? Why can't you just have a meal ready when I get home? Why, why can't you be like, 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 like Betty Crocker over here? Why, why, why can't you do that? Well, I, I can't be like Betty Crocker because you're not built like the rock. Right? And so we, we, we have options. We can either take these, and, and these represent every word that we say, and we can add to the wall. And that wall will separate these two mouths of communication. And that wall will separate these two lives. Right. And we can either take our words and we can add to the wall, or we can take a brick of praise. Right. And we can say, you know what? You're an awesome lady. That worked out a lot better on Friday when I tried this. Let me get a little closer here. I was shooting like KD last night. Um, we can, here's the, here it goes. That does a lot better, doesn't it? When we praise each other in our marriages, the wall comes down. When we are crude to one another in our marriages, the wall is built up. And so it's our option, it's our choice, whether we want to speak words of, 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 of negativity and words of crudeness and words of rudeness, and we're going to get more into this brick wall next week. We're going to use it a lot more next week as, as we get into this. But we've got those two options. We have those two bricks in our hand. And the question is, those two bricks, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with them? I don't want to build a wall between me and my wife with my mouth. I don't want to build that wall. I want to tear it down. I want to praise her. I want her to praise me. When I've snored all night long, I want her to wake up and say, my goodness, Lord, I just thank you for the man that I have. He's alive. How do I know he's alive? Because he's snoring and I can't sleep. Thank you, God. I want her to, how many know what I'm talking about? 
So let's talk about these common deceptions that we have about communication, about these words. And the first one is this, is that words just evaporate. You know, you can speak words and they'll just evaporate. They just kind of go into the air, la, 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 and they just evaporate. Well, the Bible says this. The Bible says in Matthew 12, it says, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, he will give an account of it on the day of judgment. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Right. Ooh. Right. I'm glad we're not closing yet, right? <laughs> he says, we will give an account for every idle word spoken in public and in private. Right. Every word's being recorded in heaven. The things that we've said that are wrong, the things that we've said that are, are racist, the things that we've said that are sexist, the things that we've said that are mean, the things that we've said that are hateful, the things that we've said that are vulgar. Jesus says, when you get to heaven, you'll be justified by your words or you'll be condemned by your words. Right. Us as followers of Jesus Christ, can I just be, just open up real quick. We need to right now take a step back from our culture. And we need to take a step back from all the vulgarity and all the hate-filled speech that's going in our culture today. And we need to decide, I don't want to be a part of that. Amen. Amen. Uh, me and Pastor, that's good. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. Amen. I don't want to be a part of that type of speech. I don't want to be a part of that. Because on the day of judgment, God says, you'll go and you'll be judged for those words that are spoken. Now, hang on. We're going to get to some good news here in a second. I feel the room just kind of dying right now. Like, oh, my goodness. I don't have a chance. You do. Not only are words nuclear, they, they don't evaporate, but they also, they stick. They stick in heaven and they stick on earth. Sometimes I've said things to Jenny that I didn't think was a very big deal at all. And a few days later, a couple weeks later, it comes out down the road. And she's like, you know what, Jared? You said this to me. Man, this... It's really frustrating me. I'd be like, I didn't think that was a big deal. On the flip side, I've had people who've come up to me and messaged me on Facebook and said, you know, Jared, one of the messages you preached a couple years ago, it, it, it stuck with me. And today it just come back to me. And I just want to want to thank you for the word. It sticks. Your words stick. They stick in heaven and they stick on earth. Every, let me share some good news with you. You ready for good news? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Every word's being recorded in heaven. Isn't that good news? Now, here's the good news. Attached to that word is a giant eraser. Attached to that recorder is a giant eraser. And all we have to do is take responsibility and say, God, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. God, those words that I spoke, I, I was wrong. I got caught up in the heat of the moment. I shouldn't have said that. And guess what? God takes that eraser and he erases it. And as far as east is from west, he remembers it no more. Amen. Woo! Amen. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Breathe a little bit now. Yeah. Breathe a little. It's getting heavy. Yeah. It's getting heavy in this place. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, I don't even know if I'm going to make heaven now. Yeah, you can. Yeah. All you got to do is say, you know what, God, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't have went that way. I shouldn't have communicated to her, to him that way. And God, I'm sorry. He picks up that eraser and wipes it away and you are free yeah. from those words. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm free. The question is, can we stay free? <laughs> Another deception. Man, that's the, whoo, I just feel better now. I feel like y'all might love me just a little bit. 
We're free. Yes, we're free. We are. Another deception is that words are non-revealing. Words are non-revealing. Well, I said that, but I didn't mean that. How many of you have ever heard that? Said that? This is what Jesus says. If you notice yet, we're going to throw some good stuff out there, and then we're going to tell you how you're free. (laughs) All right? So don't leave. Jesus says either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you be an evil? Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Let me just wrap it up in the Jared Cloud version. The mouth is telling about you. The mouth tells on you. Let me say it this way. A lot of us, we go back to our past and we find pain in our past that we've never dealt with. Me included. We go back and we find pain in our past that we've never dealt with. And since we've never dealt with that pain in our past, it's coming out on the ones that we love. Right. It's coming out on the ones that we love. Yes. And when someone begins to threaten that hurt, we can become mean. We can become rude. We can become violent with our mouths. Yes. Because many times, without even knowing it, we're protecting that hurt by our mouth. We're protecting that wound with our mouth. Here's my point. When we are hurt, we're going to sound like we're hurt. That's good preaching. Thank you. We can get mean. We can get defensive. We can hold everybody away. We can be sarcastic. We can be negative. What is this showing you? It's not showing you you're a bad person. It's showing you you're a wounded person. That there's something inside of you. There's a hurt inside of you that's coming out in that moment. There's a hurt inside that's coming out. If I'm unhealthy in my talk, and then it means I, there, there's something inside here that's unhealthy too. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't, you ain't bad. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, even if you're doing it by faith. <laughs> you ain't bad. Okay. There just sometimes we, we have these wounds that are hidden and, and our mouth reveals what we feel. Right. Our mouth's revealing that. Right. And so what's the best way to deal with that? Well, don't tell yourself, that, that's not me. No, it is. And when you ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, why, why am I saying this? Because Jesus says the Holy Spirit's the revealer of truth. Right. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all truth. Yeah. And that's the best time to sit down in those, in those moments. Okay, God, why am I saying this? Why is my mouth communicating these things? I love that lady more than anything in the world. And why in the world am I speaking this to her? I love that man more than I love any man in this world. And God, why, why am I saying that to him? And let the Holy Spirit reveal that hidden wound. Oh, yes. Yes. Let it reveal. Yes. Why do I give people the silent treatment? Why, why am I just negative like this? Why am I like this, God? And he will reveal that in your life. Yes. I believe that yes. with all my heart. If you agree, say amen. 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 Here's another deception. Bad words bring good results. Bad words bring good results. In other words, my spouse just needs a good cussing out. Come on, we're getting real now. My spouse, they just, I just need to get on and get up and down her one side and down the other verbally. Let her have it. Let him have it. If I throw a fit a little bit, 
then maybe she'll recognize, maybe he'll recognize how serious I really am. In all my years of talking with couples, I've never seen this one time. I've never seen a person come into my office, sit down and say, you know, Pastor, I've really been a rat in our marriage. I really have. I've been terrible. But you know something? The other night, my spouse got all over me. Tore me up one side and down the other. Told me all my faults. Told me everything that I was doing wrong. It helped me out so much. I am, man, I am blessed. Right in the middle of all the hateful things they were saying, it's just like a light came on, Pastor. And I recognized what a rat I really was. I was wrong and I need to change. That's never happened one time. Not once. Words are seeds. And the Bible says those who love it will eat its fruit. You get good fruit. You can't get good fruit from bad seeds. When you sow bad words, you get bad fruit. When you sow good words, you get good fruit. And so before we communicate, we need to sit down and we need to give ourselves a little pep talk. We say, hey, this thing right here, this thing called the tongue, the mouth, it's got power. It's got power. And so before I go in there and run my mouth off, Lord, I'm going to need your help. God, I, I, I got to recognize. And with this thing you've given me, God, I can, I can give life. With this thing that you've given me, I can, I can bring hope and I, I can embrace and I can do all kinds of good things. But God, I can also destroy it. So God, help me use this in a good way. For we will reap the fruit of this thing right here. God, help me. And that's just my morning prayer. <laughs> you can set the norm. Well, man, this is, this is a, it's a norm. This kind of communication this is just not the norm for me. Let's wait. You can make a new norm this morning. You can set the new norm today. And you can say, you know what? I'm going to be different. And it doesn't mean you're not going to fail. And we're going to get into that here in just a second. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, you're not going to fall. It doesn't mean you're not going to mess up every now and then. But what it means is I'm striving. I want to change. I want because I love you so much. I want to change. And this isn't between husband and wife. This is between uh, parents and children. This is between bosses and, and, and employees. Come on, somebody. It's between congregation and pastor. Come on. And the second problem, second huge problem in communication is this is not understanding that there's a difference between men and women. We're going to have some fun right now. Everybody breathe. We made it through the hard part. Now let's have some fun. There is a difference in men and women. And what I mean by this is men are emotionally modest and women are emotionally immodest. Now as a whole, there are some cases where it's different. Okay, I understand that. But as a whole, as a whole, and men are basically physically immodest, and women are basically physically modest as a whole, okay, as a whole. And I know there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, you, you, you ready? When women want to be intimate with their husband, here's what they want. They want privacy. They want the doors shut. They want the doors locked. They want the lights off, and they want the kids under anesthesia. Okay? 
you're five steps away from the day of your dreams. Come on. Women, for the most part, are very private about their bodies. Very physically modest. But very emotionally immodest. Women will talk about anything in public. Come on. Men, you are leaving me to hang up here all by myself. I remember a few years back, sitting in a restaurant with, with another guy, and there was a table there. I, I think it was like a, a, a luncheon they were having, and it was, it was like, like 15, 20,000 women. And they were sitting right behind us, and just listening to their conversation made me blush. <laughs> just, just listen to what they're talking about. They're talking about feelings. And they're bringing up other people's relationships. And then they always end up talking about their husband at the very end. You know? This is what he needs to do. He doesn't appreciate it. You know, they're just, I was just like, oh my goodness. I can't see, listen, I go down the Crooked Arrow a lot. And most of the times I go down there, there's a group of men sitting around one of the big tables there in the front. And I can't see men <laughs> sitting around the table. Having this, con- when we sit in groups, we're talking about trucks, we're talking about hunting, we're talking about fishing, we're talking about sports, or we're talking about the old business, right? right. Now that's what we- I can't see a group of men saying, you, you know, Bob, you seem a little emotionally wounded today. <laughs> you okay? Did, 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 did me or Joe, did we do anything to, to bring hurt and to discord into this relationship? No, why? Because we don't care. We don't want to talk about it with our buddies because we know when we get home, we're going to have to talk about it with our wives. And so around the table, the conversation, come on, somebody. When women are going to enjoy physical intimacy, it's because there's a very, very protective atmosphere that they feel okay to open up in. They feel like, okay, it's time. The kids, they'll be good for another six hours. That's good anesthesia, right? They, they, they feel open up. Okay, this, we're, we're, we're good, we're good. That's how men are when we talk. We need a very, very protective atmosphere. We can't talk in an unsafe environment. We are very, very emotionally modest. When we were pastors in Sepulpa, we had a young married class, and, and we had a guy in the church who was teaching the young married class, and me and Jenny, we went to the young married class, and in this class, we're sitting there. Now, we're pastors, right? We're, we're, we're pastors, and we're sitting there, and we're listening to everything going on, and, and the, the teacher, he makes a statement. He says, you know, what, what, what's your greatest concern in your marriage right now? What's your greatest concern in your marriage and they go around the room, and Jenny just opens up. She goes, my greatest concern in my marriage is, is our finances. We're kind of struggling financially right now. And I, no, we're not. <laughs> no, no. We're good. We're good. We love ramen noodles. Right? <laughs> Throw some hot dogs in there. We, we got a big meal. We're fine. We're fine. What are you talking No, we're good. We're good, everybody. What are you doing? Right? We walk outside the class, we get through with church. I'm like, what was that? What are you doing? She goes, I answering the question. I know, we're, we're going to stop it. And then, so we had to resign the next day. Change churches. 
I'm just kidding on that. We did. If your wife's sitting out there, your future wife's sitting out there, I know we have a lot of future wives in this place, let me share a couple of things with you. He said, I wish my husband would talk to me. Let me share a couple of things. He has to have the same atmosphere to talk that you do to make love. (laughs) Let me just say this. I'm just going to be very, very real. If your husband took images of y'all together in your intimate times, and then took those images to work to show all his friends, you would be mortified. You'd be like, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. We, right? right? You would be mortified. <laughs> if you ever share a word that he says to you in public and in private, and you share that in public, He feels the same way. He's very emotionally modest. Wives, if you ever get undressed in front of your husband and he just laughed and giggled, he would be like, I am done. Nope. History. This is over. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. No more. No more. No more, no more. Right? That's the same feeling he gets when he opens his heart and you criticize him. Wow. Wow. Now listen. Women, we're getting good now. (laughs) Women are tough people. Tough people. Research shows us that women can argue and be in very difficult conversations and their blood pressure won't go up. I mean, this is scientific fact. Women can get involved in really difficult conversations that just mortify men. I hate taking stuff back to Walmart or a store. Hate it. Hate it. I'd rather just hold on to it, bless someone else, and go get what I really need. Can't stand it. I walk back to Walmart. I take something back. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, it's good. It's good. Everything. You know, I just, I just need something different. I didn't get the right side. You know, and I'm struggling, you know. This thing, when we opened it up, it was, it, was, it was broke. But that's okay. That's okay. I know it's not your fault. You know, it, it, it's those corporate people, right? You know? it's, I, it's okay. It's okay. We, we, I just, can I, you know, I, I don't care. Just give me Amazon credit. I don't care, right? You know, I'm very flustered in those moments. Jenny, <laughs> she goes, I want cash back. Plus, I want a round trip to Vegas for having to do all this. <laughs> right? Come on, all God's women said. They're good. Women can handle those things. Men, our blood pressure, scientific fact, our blood pressure rises. Scientific fact, when we get in those heated conversations, we, we mentally get disoriented. This is true. They've proven this with research. We as men, our blood pressure rises. And we're over here, and we're in a heated conversation with our wife. We're trying to figure out what in the world's going on, and our wife's over there, come on, Cletus, come on, right? And we're like, I don't even know what we're talking about. Where am I, right? We're trying to figure it out. And our wife's like, you're walking over, but you're limping back. Come on, right? 
It's just absolute truth. We're physically, <laughs> physically different. And we're emotionally different. Emotionally, we just don't measure up emotionally to what a, a woman can handle. That's why it's so important. The Bible says to honor your husband. You need to understand, wives, that he can't eat emotionally at one time as much as you can. Ladies are emotionally tough. But us men, me, you got to treat me like a kid. Jenny's got to come. Jared, can we talk? Right? I brought you a sweet tea. Right? Can, can, can we talk? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I say something to you in love? In love. Right? And we, I have to have a real protected atmosphere. It, <laughs> and when we talk, you can't make fun of it. You can say something about it, but you can't criticize it. You can't laugh at it because if, if you judge it, we'll close our hearts. Emotionally, we are modest. But then if you leave and you go tell your friends, and then their friends come and tell their husbands, and then we're on the golf course with that husband or that friend. Hey, Jared, my wife Susie Homemaker was talking to your wife the other day. I understand you're afraid of poodles. Poodles? No, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Susan said you're afraid of poodles. You're afraid of poodles. Ah, you're afraid of poodles, Jared? We, how many know what I'm talking about? And the only person you told that to was your wife because in a very vulnerable moment, when you opened up, when you were five years old, you were attacked by a huge poodle. You haven't been the same since. And that's why you won't eat anything French fried. <laughs> now she went and she told her friend, her friend told her husband, her husband shared that with you on the golf course. And now your wife is sitting in the counselor's office going, I don't know why he won't open up to me. <laughs> oh, we're getting real. If he's going to talk, you have to understand he's wired different than you are. The more intimate the conversation, the more we have to know that you're going to be careful with what we say. Right. Let's talk about the four stands real quick. These will go real quick. For everybody still good? Yeah, All yeah, right. Exactly. Four standards for successful communication in marriage. If those are your problems, not understand the power of words, and not understand the difference of the opposite sex and how we relate to each other, I'm going to throw these four standards out there, and I, I think these will minister to you. Number one is caring, caring. The most powerful aspect of communication is caring. If you don't care, it shows. It shows in your body language, in your countenance, in your eye contact, in your response, in the tone of your voice. Everything you do should communicate, I care. You remember when you started dating? You cared. You would sit at restaurants. You would talk on the phone for hours. Most of that time was filled with silence. You're just listening to each other breathe, right? You know I'm talking right. Still there? Yeah. 20 minutes later. You still there? Yeah. I love you. And that's all. The man hangs up the phone and goes, whoa, that was deep. Whoa, man, right? 
Jen would say, can I, have, can I say something to you? And I'd say, oh, of course. When we first started dating, of course, what's on your mind? Yeah, talk. Now she says, can I say something to you? After the game, I'm watching the game. Come on. Jared, it just tipped off. I know, I'm about to miss it. She's trying to communicate. And I'm communicating, just not in a good way. I'm communicating I don't care. I don't care. It's impossible to communicate to a person who doesn't care. Have you ever been to a restaurant where the waiter or waitress just didn't really care about you? They didn't really take care of you. Isn't that a blessing? You're like, I'll go to the kitchen and get my own tea. Right? They're walking by. You're like, excuse me, excuse, excuse, excuse. What's wrong with her? Right? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Man, why won't he come help us? Right? It's frustrating. They just keep walking away. And you're like, I know they heard me. Right? That's what it's like to be married to a person who just doesn't care. Just doesn't care. The second standard is praise. We'll talk about this more next week. Praise. Negativity is the devil's language. That's what he uses to destroy. He'll destroy your life. I want you to listen to this. Psalm 100 says this. It says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We enter his courts with praise. You study that out. What does that mean? That means God does not let a negative person into his intimate presence. That's God. God doesn't let a negative person into his intimate presence. That word court means intimate presence. We are created in the image of God. And I'm just going to be real. I won't let a negative person into my intimate presence in my life. I I, I stiff arm. I, I keep them away. And when a marriage becomes negative, we close our hearts to one another. The number one predictor of divorce is a critical spirit within the home. That's the number one. The number one indicator of divorce is a critical spirit, a negative spirit, a a, a spirit of criticism within the home. Criticism is a negative tone that sets itself up in the relationship, and then everything is filtered through that. We see everything through that criticism. We see everything through that negativity. And I want to encourage you, start praising one another. Every good marriage has positive tone. Every good marriage has positive communication. Well, things have gotten real, real bad and real, real negative. And I just don't see it challenged. I don't see it changing, Pastor. Well, I want to challenge you. Change it through your praise. You know why you fell in love? You fell in love because you complimented one another. You never fall in love with someone that says, I just hate your hair. Is that the best dress you got? Really? You're going to wear those shoes? Come on, somebody. Oh, I just love him. He just makes me get all goosebumpy, right? No, that n- never happens. Walking up to your man, you're looking a little pudgy there. Honey, I love you, right? That's not how you fall in love. That's not how you stay in love. That's how you fall out. Praise keeps our marriage going higher. Write this down, tweet this, Facebook this, Instagram this. Put this on the back of your vehicle and chalk. As high as you want your marriage to go, your mouth has to go there first. 
as high as you want your marriage to go, your mouth has to go there first. Keep praising one another. Find something. Find something you can praise him about. Jared, I don't know if I can find anything. He is such a rotten man. She's such a rotten lady. I don't know. I don't even know why I married her. No know why I married him. Find something to pray. If they got all the buttons in their shirt right, praise it. <laughs> Look at you. Man, the way you button your shirt, it is perfect. At the end, it's all perfect. At the top, you do that so well. You do that so good. Find, come on, somebody. Your pajamas, man, you button your pajamas and they're perfect. I promise you, you tell, you tell your husband your pajamas. They're, they're just, he'll wear those pajamas all day long, right? Just praise him. Praise him. And your wife, too, praise her. Third standard is truth. Truth. You have to have a truthful mouth. I'm not saying a brutal mouth a truthful mouth. Proverbs 3.3 3 says, bind mercy and truth around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Ephesians 4.15 says, speaking the truth and love, we grow up into all aspects in Christ. Let me say this. If you don't tell the truth, it's going to come out in other behavior. If something is really bothering you and something's going on in your life, be honest about it. If you put that skunk in the basement, it's going to stink up the whole house. Come on, that's good. Don't trap things deep down inside of you you know, someone asking, well, what's wrong? Because one day, here's what's going to happen. How many of you have ever taken a pop bottle and shaken it up and then give it to someone you love? Right? Right? You, you, get, a, you get a bottle of pop, you shake it up. You're like, hey, would you like a Dr. Pepper? Yeah, good. You know, you're doing it back behind where they don't see. You're like, hey, God bless you. Right? That's what happens when we trap it down, when we trap down our hurt, when we trap down our fear, when we trap all that stuff down, when we try to hide it, we're not honest about it. We're just shaking it up. And then one day there's going to come a moment when our spouse, our husband, our wife comes up to us and we're ready to talk, we're ready to communicate. We've got to get this off our chest. Things are falling apart and it's not just going to be a, here it is, it's going to be a And your spouse is going to be sitting there across from you going, what in the world happened why am i covered in soda right what what what's going on i just asked how your day went and you went five years back come on somebody be honest number four we close with this surrender surrender this mouth belongs to god I surrender my mouth to God. I want God to use my mouth to build my wife. I want God to use my mouth to build my marriage, to build my kids, to build my children, to build our our church together, to build our ministry together. This is not mine. This is God's. I'll give an account for every word that comes out of it. And I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to justify the meanness, the negativity, the cruelty. I'm going to surrender this thing to God, and I'm going to live out my life by these standards. And God, with your help, I'm going to do better. I'm going to communicate. Stand your feet with me this morning. (laughs) This morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to take a moment here today.
know, we, we've had some fun. But the principle of what we're talking about is very, very real. The principle of what we're talking about is very, very real. And honestly, today, if you're sitting here, you can say, you know what, Pastor Jared, there's some things in my life recognize it and it's, it's got to change I've been guilty of using my mouth to tear down I've been u- guilty of using my mouth to speak negatively I've been guilty of using my mouth to run people down Not, it doesn't have to be just in your marriage but maybe with your kids maybe you're a student here this morning and Maybe the way you talk to your mom, the way you talk to your dad. You recognize that mouth that God gave you, man, it's, it's, not, it's not being used the right way. God said death and life are in the power of the tongue. And whether we speak death or whether we speak life, that's our choice. That's our decision. No one's forcing us to go there. And so just as easy as we have decided over the past that we, we can speak these cruel words and these negative words, we can make a decision today that with God's help we're going to speak words of life into our relationships and to the people around us. So this morning, if you're here and you'll say, you know what, Pastor Jared, I've, I've got some changing to do. I've got some changing to do. Doesn't mean we're bad people doesn't mean we're not saved. just means there's another area of our life that God wants to work in to bring us closer to him and to bring us closer to one another. So this morning you say, that, that's me. I want to change. With God's help, I want to change. I want you to slip your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now here's a different call. This call should be for everyone. That you're sitting here today and you say from this moment forward, I will speak life out of my mouth. I will speak life out of my mouth. As we leave today and I've passed by people in this church, I will speak life out of my mouth. As we go to the restaurant and eat or we go home and we sit down as a family, I will speak life from my mouth. As I go to work tomorrow, as I walk into my job site, as I walk into maybe you're, you're a boss and you have employees working for you, or maybe you're an employer and, and you, you have a boss that sometimes he's just been really tough. You're making the decision today, I will speak life from this mouth. I'm making the decision, my mouth will be used for God. God's glory. I may be feeling some things, but I'm not going to let what I'm feeling in, inside come out. And God, I want you to take those hurts and to take those wounds and to take those things that I'm feeling inside. And I want you to, to help me with that. I, I want you to, to, to help me understand why I'm, I, I think the way I do, why I feel the way I do. God, help me find those hidden wounds, those hidden hearts. And God, help me speak life. If that's you, Slip your hand up right now. Help me speak life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father, 
in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. And God, I lift every hand that was raised. God, for, for some, this is going to be a journey. God, we understand and we recognize that some, we've developed habits in this. And God, we're going to need your supernatural strength and power to overcome. But God, I pray that when, when those words are about to fly off, off the tip of our lips, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just, just in that moment, grab hold of us and say, wait, 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 is that life? Is that life? God, I pray the Holy Spirit would just grab hold of our heart in that moment. And God, that we would surrender to you. We'd surrender our mouth, our tongue, our voice, our words to your will and to your way. God, there are so many here this morning. God, if we walk out of this place and we speak life into our community, God, we can change our community. We can change our home. We can change our workplace. We can change the people who we come in contact around us. Father, I thank you that there is change is coming because there are people at Elm Grove this morning said, yeah, I will speak life and not death. And so, Father, I praise you for that today. God, forever marriage that's represented here today, forever relationship that's here today. God, I lift them before you, and I pray, God, that they, that would be a marriage, that the communication within that, that relationship, the communication within that relationship would be a communication that glorifies and honors you. So, God, we praise you today. And as we praise you today, we praise one another today as well. And we speak life. And we speak all these things through the power and through the investment of the blood of Jesus Christ in our life. And, God, we say thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.